I'm Isabeau. And I'm Morgan. And this is a boner. Uh-huh. A bonermus. A boner on us. A boner a on bonus us. Episode. A bonus episode. bonus episode. This is a podcast about romance novels. About Romance Landia. About awards. About controversy. And most of all. It's about the genre we all love. The genre we all love. The genre we were all wooed by. The genre we're straining (laughs) and reaching (laughs) to make better every day. (laughs) So, Isabeau, I invited you over because I got onto our Twitter, and as per usual, I was in over my head. (laughs) I was like, what is going on here? And everyone was talking about the Rita Awards. And so my first question and excuse me, I'm really showing what a neophyte I am. That's what fine. are the Rita Awards? Well, Morgan, the Rita Awards are essentially the Oscars of romance. They're a really big deal. Uh, it's super exciting to get nominated. And what's super adorable about the whole process, like when let, let's start with the good things. Okay. Uh, one of the great things is when you find out that you are a finalist, you get called on the day by other authors like luminaries in their field like you could get a call like, bring bring yeah it's me lisa claypas it's me tessa dare you are a golden heart rita finalist golden heart see you in denver what's a golden heart that's what they call the finalists oh wow yeah. golden heart rita finalist how many categories are there there are a ton of fucking categories there's like there's novella there's novel and then there's paranormal and historical and contemporary and like all like kit and caboodle like wow throw the kitchen sink at it and how many people are finalists in each category you know we could look at the list but it's a lot um (laughs) out of the 2000 people like is it five finalists per category i think it is it like that or 10 i honestly have no idea you know i think it's like between 15 and 10 what yeah like there are a bunch of finalists (laughs) how do they find enough romance writers to call these people (laughs) you know that's a really good question because like would you you not answer you let it go to voicemail well that's what's so great about being on romance landia twitter is that like sometimes authors would find that the the finalists that they were supposed to call like couldn't answer their phones because some, some of these authors have day jobs and then they'd be like I left a voicemail and I can't say anything about who the author is until they get back to me. Now I'll just wait. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. So you're supposed to call them back. Yeah. See, oh, my yeah. reaction would be like, Tessa Dare doesn't want to hear back from me. So I guess I just accept the nomination by not responding. No, Tessa Dare leaves you a lovely voicemail that says something like, hey, hey, Morgan, this is Tessa Dare. Give me a call back when you get the chance and you know what day it is and you know what Tessa Dare is going to tell you. Exactly. How exciting. So exciting just imagining it. I know. Isn't that delighting? That's like <laughs> everything that's good about the Rita. So like a little background from the RWA, Romance Writers of America webpage. Okay. The purpose of the Rita Award is to promote excellence in the romance genre by recognizing outstanding published romance novels and novellas. The award itself is a golden statuette named after RWA's first president, Rita Clay Estrada, and has become the symbol for excellence in published romance fiction. 
Up to 2,000 romance novels are entered in the Rita competition. A novel may be entered either by the author or by the book's publisher in one of the contest categories. After the first round of judging by published romance authors, entries that meet the qualifications to become a finalist then advance to the final round. Well, this, like, raises a lot of questions. Sure. So... You can just submit yourself. You can, but there's a cost, and it is prohibitively expensive. Oh, it's like money. Yeah, no, it, it's capital. I thought you meant like a metaphorical cost, <laughs> you know, of some sort. No, you have to pay. You have to pay, and it's wow. and it's not it's not like a piddly amount. Oh. So in one of those, in one of the first ways that the Rita's isn't great is that its exclusivity is like essentially classist. Um, so if you are self-publishing, that mm-hmm. that can be a real burden um, because you don't have a publisher who will pay that cost for you. Um, and in that way, like romance is really kind of selling itself short and like who gets to be viewed, who gets to be seen, who gets to be put forward. It makes such a clear point about how we are always stratifying. Yes. And it kind of feels like something like merit based, like an awards ceremony of some sort. It should be inherently like separate from that somehow, especially in a genre where you can self publish. And yet, and yet, it's still stratifying. So, okay. So, my second question, mm-hmm. my second follow up would mm-hmm. be. What, which romance writers do the initial filter, judge the initial round? It's published authors. But is it just all of them? No, I don't know how it's chosen. It's kind of a big deal. So it's like standing in the RWA. It's like how many times you yourself have been nominated. Like it's a big deal to be one of the people who does the choosing. Yeah. Um, And you're right. That's probably a problematic way because like one of the problems with the RWA is that it's extremely extremely classist as we can already see and mm-hmm. it's also really 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 white uh-oh yeah so you're not pulling from a diverse group of people reading Ugh. yeah it's one of the problems <laughs> of the rwa that they like and like so there was I don't, as you saw on Twitter, there was a huge kerfuffle this year. But what's important to understand is that this is a long standing problem with inside the romance genre. Okay. It's not as though race and class just became an issue in 2018. Yeah. Well, and also that kind of phrase, standing within the RWA, mm-hmm. makes me think of like red jackets with little crests on the pockets. <laughs> And like, what does it mean to be in good standing? Okay, so there's a lot here. There's a lot here. It's very uh, so I feel tempestuous. I feel a little um, nervous about asking, like, how important is it to win a Rita? It's what happens when you win a Rita. It's a big ass deal. Like you know, so there's this huge black tie ball gown amazing party that's essentially exactly like the golden globes where there's food and booze and you get to hang out with all these people that you admire except you probably have to buy your own dress you definitely have to buy your own dress let's be real okay so yeah so it's not exactly like the golden globes you buy your own dress but like you get to look pretty it's like a huge it's like i don't know it's like like a fancier more delightful engaging prom where like somebody potentially could give you a statue at the end of it that you get recognized in the business by people that you admire and then you get to put a golden heart on all of your books and you get to stay forever on the book that won and then you get to say that you are a Rita winner. 
which is like saying that you're like an Oscar winner. It's like basically saying that you're Daniel Day-Lewis. Like you've reached the peak of your craft. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah, it sounds like it. So then like when you get to say that you're a Rita winner, you go on a bunch of lists. And like since word of mouth is so critically important to this genre, like the way those lists are aggregated is really important. It's important to be on them. So it sounds like you, it would also make a big difference in your life professionally. Yeah. Like it it's, would probably, yeah. if you were self-published. Yes. And managed to cough up for the entry fee. Yeah, suddenly you're visible to publishers. You're suddenly visible to fans that you weren't visible to before. Like the yeah. way in which readers can open up doors for writers is it, it I don't think it can be underestimated wow so why was everyone up in arms on Twitter <laughs> well as you can imagine <laughs> uh it's basically a Rita's so white moment so as everyone will remember Oscars had an Oscar so white moment two years ago and Rita's are essentially going through that and have been going through that for a long time. Um, authors of color continue to get short, short shrift. It's a confluence of things. Um, so there are more self-published titles this year than ever before, but it can be expensive to be considered, as we talked about. Um, and if you don't get your publisher to push or pay, that can be a limiting factor. So that adds another element to the bad exclusivity of the Rita's. One of the really thing one of the things that's really important too about this is that the Rita's came out with the finalists and for the first time not the first time like that's a silly thing to say but for for what felt like maybe the first time authors of color began to say this sucks and here are the receipts mm -hmm. for how long this problem has been going on. Yeah. So there was this moment that everybody was really excited. And then there was this moment of like reckoning and accounting. And then everyone's like, oh, it's just this year. And then authors of color is like, ho, ho, ho. RWA has been fucking us over for way longer than this. And here are the receipts. And some of the stories that came out, especially from Beverly Jenkins and Courtney Milan, who are huge names in the yeah. industry, were just heartrending. It was just, it was really hard to read some of those threads. Yeah. And like, you know, RWA was silent about it. Have they not responded? They have not. <gasps> yeah. Which sucks. Yeah, that super sucks. Yeah. Because, okay, so that begs my question. Like, you know, if the RWA were to respond, what would be the best kind of response? But I guess what I'm really asking is, mm -hmm. as a fan of the genre mm -hmm. is there anything I can do I mean you can certainly as a fan of the genre like I encourage everyone to become active in tweeting or communicating with the RWA about both its practices and how expensive it is to participate in the readers but also like an investigation of every single chapter because that's the other important part of how RWA works like it's not this overarching bureaucracy right it's like ahead of a series of regional chapters and so oh like that thing we're going to yes on thursday <laughs> we're going to the chicago area chapter the regional chapter conference the biannual conference for rwa in our area um yeah so that would be an opportunity to talk to our chapter president and said and say we are concerned about diversity inclusivity and equity in romance mm -hmm. what are you doing about it here at our regional level holding people accountable yeah 
being willing to stand up and speak directly whenever you have the opportunity to do so. Right. And more than anything, believing authors of color when they say that they're facing these barriers and saying, I see you, I believe you. Let me buy your book. Let me review your book. Let me talk about your book. Let me talk about you. And there I s- are people who don't believe yes. the authors. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, which has been heartbreaking for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I just I just kind of, I guess I'm pretty new, but I always imagined like this space as being somehow a little bit better than other spaces. But I feel like believing people is such a low threshold. Yeah, totally. And I think I think one of the things about romance that you and I love so much is that it's so reactive, so it does feel like it's better in so many other ways than yeah. standard fiction. But one of the things that I found really interesting is that there was this very you and I can have a disagreement about this and like I encourage everyone to have a disagreement with me about this um but there was an essentially well-meaning author who was like oh my god you guys I had no idea that this was a problem I have a brilliant solution we'll create a new category in the Rita's called the diversity category and only authors of color will be able to be nominated yeah so the subtweets were <laughs> fast and furious. This human being. I hope they weren't just subtweets. They weren't. <laughs> they weren't. And like, anyway, it was important that they hadn't because this well-meaning author, if we yeah. believe them earnestly. Yeah. Um, if they had thought about what it meant to create a quote unquote diversity category, which is not a category inside romance at all. Like, how would you have a diversity romance book? Like, what the fuck? Um, (laughs) (laughs) like if they had like truly thought about it for even 10 and a half seconds, they would have been like, huh, separate but equal. I don't think that's ever been a thing, has it? (laughs) 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 And, oh, wow. Yeah, and so you have this cadre of human beings inside of Romancelandia that I would term well-meaning white women mm. who are suddenly, quote-unquote, wise to this issue, except they're not because they haven't thought about it or done their due diligence or even really heard the stories that authors of color are putting forward. And suddenly they're like, oh, I've got a solution. And it's like, no, you don't, though. Yeah. Don't say that. Ugh. So I don't, I don't like in that sense, I'm not exactly sure what to do other than to say, believe authors of color, um, hold people accountable when you can yeah, and to be vigilant about it. And like in the other ways, like romance is responding, right? Cause you heard about the, yeah, the yeah. controversy. Um, but also the ripped bodice, one of our favorites, yeah. um, puts out the bad American girl doll opinions aside. Uh, yeah. Bad American girl. Dolls. <laughs> Samantha's a monster. <laughs> Um, but the ripped bodice every, every year for the last four years has put out this incredible piece called the state of racial diversity in romance publishing. Yes. And they've done it for the last four years. Um, and then they spent this year tweeting at all of the publishers and quoting them on how many authors of color they'd published in the last 365 days. And one of the things that was so interesting was, you know, they'd go like at Karina press, you've published, you know, so many authors, like, is that okay with you? Mm -hmm. And I think that was really powerful. Unfortunately, as they tweeted by the end of the day, only two publishing houses had gotten back to them at all. (gasps) So like the deafening silence of the mainstream of romance. Yeah. Is, is really telling, but, you know, there are people inside who are working hard to, 
A, showcase the problem. Yeah. Talk about it expansively. Like it was featured on NPR and we'll link to that article problems with that aside. But um, do you want to talk about your investigation of All About Romance? Uh, well, yeah. I I just recently, I was trying to find a specific vibe of book and I was looking for resources outside of Isabel because I want to be independent. This little <laughs> chicken wants to fly. That's what Mama Hen wants, too. That's what so Mama I, Romance Hen wants. I, so I, I, found, I found all about romance, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. It reminded me a lot of, like, clicking M on, you know? I was like, this is great. A great way to filter things. And then literally the next morning, I got on Twitter and saw that everything happening was all about romance. Yeah. And so another question I have for you, and now I'm like, now I feel bad. Like, no, I don't get, feel bad. Then I also feel like it's a, it's a great tool. Like, what are we going to do? Like, should should someone build the same tool with, like, a different, more open perspective and a conscientiousness? Well, this or is... Does, is it, you know, what what's, what's, the, what's up? I want to talk about all about romance specifically because, like, I have this... I think there's this real problem here where it's like, do we take this conundrum of the earnest, newly awoke being, creature, or entity earnestly? And AAR, All About Romance, is one of them. So for the first time since 2013, they released their best 100 romance list. And they released it at 7 o'clock in the morning and 8 o'clock Eastern. (laughs) And I say Eastern because it's important to say that because the West Coasties hadn't had a chance to review their top 100 list before the kerfuffle began. And uh, to get right to the point of the 100 best since, you know, however long they'd been doing this and they hadn't released it since 2013, Mm -hmm. they hadn't added a single author of color. So there's no Alyssa Cole. There's no Beverly Jenkins. There's there's nobody. There's not even Janine Lynn who's been writing for Harlequin for like fucking ever and so that's a huge problem and immediately the tweets start slamming on this entity this incredibly popular easy to find entity and within two and a half hours after like answering tweets AAR was like okay 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 we tried to do a thing and like they had this amazing answer where it's like well once the write-ins come in Beverly Jenkins will be exhibited obviously and then somebody else is like write-ins be damned she's the fucking top 100 and it's grotesque that you don't have her on there they took it down they took it down before it hit west coast time and they said we hear you and we're going to reinvestigate this And two days later, they had another one up. They spelled Beverly Jenkins' name wrong. (gasps) So then it's like, are they in earnest? I don't know. That's like egregious. She's not, she's not, she's not uncommonly known, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And also spell check is a low threshold. Uh, It is. It's another one of those low thresholds of respect and consideration. Yeah. So, like, this is the kind of thing that authors of color that's have been a, dealing with in the industry. That's a tokenization. Totally. Totally. Um, so, AAR is a special case because, like, on the one hand, it only took them two and a half hours to be like, oh, fuck. Um, and they reevaluated and they changed it up a bit. They changed it not great. But I don't know. It's responsive. It yeah. is. It's an incredibly responsive industry. I mean, at least they responded. Yeah. They responded, unlike RWA, who is still 
SOL. Yeah, or the other publishing houses the Red yeah. Bodice tweeted at. Yeah. So, but also, what's going on with the NPR piece? So the NPR piece uh, was late to the game and got a couple things wrong, which we will link to. Um, but it also got a lot of things right and I think represents maybe for the first time in a while that like romance is a big deal. And what happens and reverberates inside of romance has scope outside of it. Mm -hmm. um, so the fact that it was reported on Morning Edition and that it was like it was nationally syndicated. My mom sent me the article. She's like, have you seen this? And I'm like, yeah, mom, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> um, moms. Moms. So, yeah, I think like that's another way in which like the things that are happening inside of romance have this kind of cachet outside of it because of the money involved. But we are not without tools. What are some of the tools? We got the ripped bodice and their yearly report, mm -hmm. which is unrelenting and, and really, really excellent romance journalism. And people doing research. And people doing research. Research matters. Research matters. Know your authors. And if you find an author that you love, follow them on social media up their profile as much as you can every minute that you can tell your friends tell your mom tell your mom's friends it's so <laughs> important that we rep these authors of color and do as much as we can here and now and like more than anything when somebody tells you that they're suffering barriers because of systemic institutional racism that continue to keep them out and jeopardize their careers mm -hmm. believe them yeah it's like the bare minimum of <laughs> what we can do as readers. And I think, you know what my favorite tool in my it? toolkit is? What? Get really angry. It's <laughs> a great tool. Because action requires energy. Yes, it does. And I'm energized by rage. Yes. As a lot of us are. <laughs> There's a lot of rage going around. Yeah. So, you know, more than anything, react with your dollars. If you're rage-filled, find an extra $2.99 to buy somebody's book and tell every single one of your friends on Facebook or Twitter mm -hmm. or MySpace, God love you, if you still have it. <laughs> and, you know, do your part. Do it's you that mean? easy. Hey, and while you're on MySpace. While you're on Twitter. Look up Tom Hardy's old MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> That is not where I thought you were going. Because you're doing work, you deserve a little treat. That is a treat. Tom Hardy's a treat. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming and explaining this to me. Yeah, I love talking about Romance Landia. I'm learning so much. It's like, and one of the things about being in it now and thinking about it in this way rather than being just like a really passive participant, which I was until I met you, um, it's just such a responsive reactive supportive beautiful space and like people really want to do better and this is a shout out to jen who reads who's one of our twitter followers yeah. um and she said this beautiful thing when the rita sort of when the rita sort of fell apart and she said you know i'm gonna get it wrong and, it, and i've gotten it wrong in the past and i'll get it wrong again but that doesn't mean that i'm not gonna stop trying to get it right yeah and i think there can be a lot of fear about being earnest and about like really accomplishing the task of equity which yeah. is what's being asked for now it's yeah. not just recognizing that there's a problem it's not just like relenting into visibility it's like yeah. actually creating spaces of equity mm -hmm. and you know we're all going to fumble the ball sometimes and I think there needs to be space for generosity but more than anything it has to be space where it's like you did it wrong get yourself back up yeah like this isn't fuck you 
yeah i don't want to watch you cry about it now yeah like dust yourself off get back up and try again exactly yeah and we can all do that yeah so thank you so much for taking the time to explain things to me and thank you so much to our listeners Mm. and to people who hang out with us on social media because you've been such a wonderful beautiful community to uh be a part of yeah and so educating thank you guys we absolutely love all of your recommendations we're investigating them so stick with us we've got quite quite a list going keep it coming and if you want to see who we follow on twitter or you just want to interact with us you can follow us we are at mance underscore woe i don't want to go into it but a lot of (laughs) other accounts had already taken our other options so we are at mance underscore woe just search woe mance and you'll find us we're also on instagram at womance and you can send us a direct email we'd love to chat with you that way we are womancemail at gmail.com and we're going to post um isabeau's notes from this episode as well as some links to the materials we discussed on our tumblr page which is womance.tumblr.com and if you like us if you like what we do we'd love it if you just click subscribe and rate us five stars regardless of your true feelings about us <laughs> or this episode or the show please rate us five stars and subscribe five stars will keep us going and let others find us and enjoy all of the things we have to offer you yeah we are on pretty much every podcatcher now so grab us grab us not by the pussy it's always by consent yes exactly <laughs> all right Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm Morgan. And I'm Isabeau. Mwah. Mwah.